Grace be unto you in peace from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which we will consider today is our Gospel lesson found recorded in the 25th chapter of Matthew's Gospel reading verses 14 through 30. Because of its length you may remain seated during the reading. And in Jesus' name we read, He said, You see, the kingdom of heaven is like a man going on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to still another one, one talent, each according to his own ability. Then he went on his journey. The servant who had received the five talents immediately put them to work and gained five more talents. In the same way, the servant who had received the two talents gained two more. But the servant who had received one talent went away, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The servant who received the five talents came and brought five more talents. He said, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The servant who received the two talents came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the servant who received one talent came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter seed. Since I was afraid, I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master answered him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter seed. Well, then you should have deposited my money with the banker so that when I came, I would get my money back with interest. Take the talent away from him and give it to the servant who has the ten talents. Because everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. But the one who does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Throw that worthless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed, do you think you will have enough money to help your children go to college someday? Will you have enough money to handle emergencies or to make a special purchase or take that once-in-a-lifetime trip someday? Financial advisors like to ask their clients such questions, and rightly so. 
they want us to try to use our money in such a way that it can help us in the future. So we are not caught off guard when the time comes when we're in need of some extra funding. Financial planning and investing were not unheard of either in Jesus' days. Here in our text, he uses that topic as an example to teach us about the kingdom of heaven. As we look at this parable today, we'll consider what the Lord tells us about investing for the future. To make an investment of any kind, you have to begin with at least some capital, some amount of money to put into the investment. Jesus began, you see the kingdom of heaven is like a man going on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to still another one talent, each according to his own ability. Then he went on his journey. The master of our parable must have been a very rich man. A talent. That measurement is thought to have represented an average income for an average worker uh, for over a period of eight years at that period of time. And so the amount given out freely for investing was many, many thousands of dollars in our currency. As that rich man traveled, he wanted his money to stay at home and work for him. The servants entrusted with it were to act wisely and to try to increase the amount they'd been given. Many people in Jesus' day held to the belief that the promised Messiah would establish his kingdom right here on earth and that this would happen very soon. The notion held fiercely by Jesus' opponents, though, was that acceptance into this kingdom required a lot of effort and even moral perfection. And so, by means of this parable, Jesus taught that certain things have to happen prior to the kingdom's coming at the end and that entrance granted into that everlasting kingdom of heaven comes by God as a gift of his grace, not of our works. Just as the rich man left his servants with this great wealth to use, so our Savior has left you and me with the necessary capital. That is the gospel. It's the good news of our salvation. His sinless life, his innocent suffering and death on the cross for each one of us, that's the needed fee for entrance into the everlasting kingdom of heaven. Now, we don't know just when we'll be called out of this earthly kingdom and brought into the heavenly one. As we wait, we have some capital to use and invest. Our talent is the means of grace, which Jesus has left for his church to have and to use. It's his word, which we are to hear and read and meditate upon. It's his baptism, which we are to receive and administer. It's the holy supper of his own body and blood, which we are to use joyfully for the strengthening of our faith, for the forgiveness of our sins. 
and it's strengthening. When you have invested your capital in some investment, you naturally want to see how it's doing. And so you probably check the website and the newspaper and study the quarterly reports that come in the mail. You want to find that your money is out there working and growing and paying dividends. So when the wealthy master of our parable came home from his journey, he wanted to see what had become of his investments. We read, the servant who received five talents immediately put them to work and gained five more talents. The man who had been entrusted with the two talents also was able to report on a doubling of the investment with which he had been entrusted. And here's how the master congratulated both of them. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Now the third servant, though, was less successful than his cohorts. In fact, he had no profit at all to show the master, but only the original amount left to him, the single talent he'd been given. We read on, then the servant who had received the one talent came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter the seed. Since I was afraid, I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. With this parable, Jesus gives us also a picture of the Christian church and its work. We've been given his gospel of grace and salvation to, di to distribute on the earth. He told his believers, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He's laid before us many investment opportunities. He gave his church the great commission, sending them to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. With that, we're motivated to support our home and foreign mission programs, investing among people who do not know of Jesus Christ, who are unaware of his salvation. The use and investment of the gospel is to be made in other ways as well. So each time we gather as a congregation for worship, that's a time when the gospel is at work and doing business. For when it is proclaimed, God's people are exhorted and built up in their faith. Every visit to a sick bed, every visit with a troubled friend where the hope of the kingdom of heaven is shared becomes an investment opportunity for God's talent in the world. Every testimony made about Jesus Christ by our words and our deeds in the presence of our neighbors, every Sunday school class and confirmation class, every class in our Christian day school, every adult instruction, every baptism, every celebration of the Lord's Supper is a place where the gospel is working and making gains through the operation of the Holy Spirit who accompanies that preaching. The Lord has given to his redeemed children this task 
to promote these spiritual ventures where God's capital, his message of undeserved love and life through Jesus Christ for us can go to work. Investing other people's money, that's a serious business, isn't it? A person who makes investments on behalf of others is to be held accountable. That person should be ready to explain why they made certain decisions and be ready to defend them. And so this servant who merely buried the talent he'd been given in the ground tried to explain and defend what he had done. He claimed that he was afraid of his master and afraid of what might happen to him if he invested poorly and lost it all. We read on, his master answered him and said, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I did not plant and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers so that when I came, I could get my money back with interest. Take the talent away from him and give it to the servant who has ten talents. Christianity is serious business. The servant who did nothing with what he'd been given proved that he didn't love, he didn't trust in his master. He felt only fear toward him, and he acted accordingly. And as a consequence, he lost even that single talent that had been given to him. And even worse, the master issued this order regarding him. Throw that worthless servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In this very harsh and arresting way, our Lord Jesus speaks to us a clear warning about rejecting God's grace by which he forgives us all of our sins and saves us for the sake of his dear son who went lovingly for you and me went forward to the cross to suffer and to die in our place. That loving Lord will return on the last day and when he comes in glory, he will judge the actions of all people based on their faith or on their lack of faith. St. Paul echoed this as he wrote, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Thus, those who reject Jesus as their Savior and who despise his gospel will stand condemned. But those who had the gospel, but were uh, those who had the gospel but were disloyal to it, indifferent about it, will lose everything. The Lord will hold us accountable for the gifts that we've been given. We shouldn't, though, leave this parable without also seeing clearly and seizing for ourselves the good news which the Lord here speaks to us. For he speaks also about a reward of grace which is something generous beyond all measure. The two servants who boldly invested the talents that were given them, placed in their hands, were granted even greater responsibilities and even greater joy, the Lord's own joy. 
And so it remains in the kingdom of God. On the last day, those who have trusted Christ to the very end and were loyal to him will hear those same beautiful words, well done, good and faithful servant. And then Jesus will gather them into his arms and he will escort them to their eternal home in the mansions and the majesty of heaven to share with him forever in his joy. So what did they do to deserve such a blessing? What did they do to enter into the joy of the Lord forever and ever? Nothing. It was the Lord who chose them. It was the Lord who provided them with the capital to invest. The word and the sacraments they shared with others served to sustain them in their own faith along the way. All of this was God's doing. All of it was the result of our Lord's undeserved kindness for you and for me. The everlasting return on being faithful to him is something certain and secure. That is so because it doesn't depend on us. Rather, it rests entirely on the finished and perfect work of the master who went away for a while, who went to the cross and then to the grave in order to bestow upon us eternal life and eternal riches, forgiveness, and heaven. And who by the Holy Spirit, through the word and the sacrament, brought us to faith. So the scripture says, he who has begun the good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will finish what he has started in you as he gives you his precious means of grace and the Holy Spirit. It's wise, I'm sure, to keep investing for the future. It's wise to be planning and to be ready for those years which lie ahead of us. But as we tend to our earthly financial investments, let us never forget or never neglect the more important investment that God has made in us and made for us. That is his salvation by faith received through the word and the sacraments. By these means of grace, he imparts to us the forgiveness of every sin we've committed Possess that wealth simply by faith and then spread that wealth around that others also may have a blessed eternity with us in the joy of the Lord. All of this by God's grace in Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forevermore. Amen.